Today's episode is sponsored by the American Homebrewers Association. Become a part of the U.S.'s largest community of homebrewers for just $48 a year by going to unitedwedrink.com slash AHA. What exactly do you get with your AHA membership? How about a year-long subscription to Zymergy Magazine, the world's longest-running homebrew magazine? Exclusive deals and discounts at over 2,000 breweries, bars, and bottle shops across America. Discounts on brewers' publication books and merchandise. Access to a huge library of previous HomebrewCon seminars and talks. And early access to purchasing tickets to each year's Great American Beer Festival and Savor. Sign up now by going to unitedwedrink.com AHA and get a year's membership for just $48. And if you sign up now, you'll get a free gift What's that gift? I'm not saying. You need to go see for yourself. It's pretty great. Support United We Drink, support homebrewing, and support the American Homebrewers Association at unitedwedrink.com slash AHA. The opinions expressed on this podcast do not reflect those of the hosts, employers, families, pets, or imaginary friends. Okay, hide your eyes and count to a million. Hi, this is Dina Lang, professional radio personality, and you're listening to a bunch of amateurs on Reunited We Drink. Hello, everyone, and welcome back to another episode of the restart, the reboot, the reanimation, and the reuniting of United We Drink right here on unitedwedrink.com, as well as Apple Podcasts, Spotify, Stitcher, Google Podcasts, and wherever fine podcasts are found. My name is Mikey Revich, and I'm one of the founding members of the original run of the show and a magnet to drunkards who wish to strike up conversations at a bar. I am joined by my two co-conspirators of the show. First is a founding member, a founding co-host of the show, a former Enterprise Rental Car Southeastern Florida Employee of the Month, and just announced to be reuniting with Taika Waititi for a fourth Thor movie. Here is Phil Palmasano. I'm super excited you read my LinkedIn page. (laughs) (laughs) I got to do my research for these intros. No, I totally appreciate it. Shout out to Enterprise, Big Green Machine. (laughs) Also joining me is a man who is a self-appointed dishwasher Tetris champion, the owner of many books that he will never read, and someone whom Garrett Oliver once referred to as who? Here is Joel (laughs) Codner. What's happening, gentlemen? How are you? I did not... Is that a real thing, the Garrett Oliver thing? No. Uh (laughs) I mean, it maybe. probably would be. I don't know. It probably would be. It would. <laughs> uh, thank you, everybody, for coming back and listening. If you haven't listened to the first episode, you can learn a little bit more about us if you are uh, new to the show. Or if you are coming back to the show from being a listener before, uh, getting caught up on what we're doing. Gentlemen, what are we drinking tonight? How about you, Phil? I'm. Uh, let's see here. I'm drinking a two-way petting zoo. Uh, it is a sour from a uh, local brewery down here, Invasive Species. Um, it's nice. nice. Nice and tart. A little sweetness to it. Some passion fruit. 
I'm digging it. It's in like a Red Bull can. All about it. Oh, it's Slim one of the line. tall skinny ones? Yeah, one of the uh, 12 ounce Slimline cans. Nice. Yeah. Joel, what and about I you? myself, uh, I've got a Modelo and I have a second Modelo. Oh, so <laughs> two Modellos. I came prepared for twenty-four ounces. I'm pretty. Full. I didn't even have. I didn't even have enough water on the last episode. I'm pretty sure that you are mandated to uh, drink Modellos two at a time. Yes, I, I, I think it's law. Um, what I are am, you drinking, Mike? I am drinking a Plowman. Uh, they're a uh, Central Pennsylvania cidery. Uh, Lupulin Lumox, a cider dry hop with citra hops. Uh, they're a really awesome farm cidery. They grow all their own apples uh, and all their own other fruit that they use in their ciders. Um, awesome company. Great, really dry ciders. Um, love them a lot. So we have a fun episode here lined up for you. I, at least I, I feel like we do. We're, we're going to uh, bring in a couple new segments, I guess, well, at least one new segment. But we're going to get into talking about the news, I believe, first. Uh, Phil is kind of uh, taking the, the lead on the news for us in uh, the show now. So uh, you want to you take the reins here, Phil? Yeah, not sure if you guys saw it or not, but Coors, uh, Coors Light specifically uh, released their new ad campaign this past week, which is Coors Light's Made to Chill Um ad campaign and uh, have you guys uh been able to check out uh the official beer of done wearing a bra <laughs> i did not see that one i did see the one uh the official shower beer commercial well you just stole it from me because Damn if it. It, not wearing a bra didn't you know strike your fancy you could actually drink a coors light in the shower um <laughs> I saw I saw the uh, being done wearing a bra one and didn't know about these other ones until you sent the the link about it to us. Um, the, the shower beer one I, I think makes a lot of sense. It's I, I think it's something that has become popular in the beer culture, or really just with this age group is having a beer in the shower after work or doing whatever outside that requires you to. Stay, stay hygienic. Um, yeah, w- when I originally saw the ad campaign, I, I it was somewhat questionable because I was honestly I was very worried that someone was going to take what Coors is trying to do as uh, lightheartedness too seriously. Not that you know anyone in this world would ever do that, but um, I. I it it teeters a line, but I think it speaks to our generation and younger significantly. Um, I, I don't know how many times I've been on Instagram and you see the forced advertisements for shower beer holders and things of that nature. And uh, beer Instagram people taking shower photos or bath uh, beers photos. So I think they're doing a good job of trying to relate to a younger uh, millennial Gen Z, I guess, or Y, whatever. I have never heard of Gen Z before. I, whatever, <laughs> whatever generation the the generation. But post no, I see that in millennials article, but that uh, it's speak so like weird. this. <laughs> yeah. 
I, I've they never heard of this like that. Gen Z thing. But the thing that was really interesting to me in this article um, is how aggressive they're going at and, and wanting you or any any one of us to see these ads. Uh, the 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 brand uh, focus is to get you to see this article this campaign at least nine times in a month that's super crazy targeted focus on a marketing campaign to me and nearly scary i believe we were watching something on youtube tv or hulu or something last night and the shower beer commercial came on and i had already seen it and when it was over my wife just looked at me like really and you know because she's not part of that whole thing i mean Shower beer, I think, is so prevalent among us, especially in Florida, because it's just so damn hot. And, you know, how many times have we seen movies and TV shows where someone's having a glass of wine in the bathtub? So, you know, for for people to act like shower beers is some kind of, you know, thing. Which is crazy if you think about it, because, Joel, you brought up a great point that I never thought of is the wine and the bubble bath with rose petals approach to drinking. Um, And I don't don't know. So I guess when I saw this, my question to you guys would be, what would be your best shower beer? Because me personally, I'm going to go with a shandy. I typically go with whatever the lightest thing that I have in my fridge is. Uh, so it, it, it all will just depend on that. And nowadays, really, I do usually have a lot of light stuff. So it's it's whatever I first grab, whatever's up front, uh, as long as it is one of those lighter things, whether that just be uh, a pale ale or a lager or a cider or something. Um that's what I would do for a shower beer. Um, if it's a really one of those days, if, if it's in a tall boy, it's even better in my opinion. And I was like, even more for me to drink in the shower. See, I don't approach it like either of you guys. I, I think the shower is the refreshing part, so I don't necessarily need the lighter beer for that. I mean, I've gone as far as expedition. I've had scotch in the shower. I, if you go through <laughs> my social media, somewhere you're going to find hashtag shower scotch. Full disclosure, and I, mean, like, I, I would not drink in the shower. I'm there to get clean. I'm in and out. If I really need to drink something, uh, I'll down a, a shot of bourbon or a beer before I go into the shower personally. But I'd, I imagine a shandy. This isn't a regular thing that I do either. Mm-hmm. I I think it I'm trying to think of the time since I've been here in in Philly. I think I've maybe done it once uh here. Last I I Tuesday. think I did it a lot more often in Florida uh probably because of temperature there. I believe it. I'm waiting well, for j- jacuzzi mead. Ooh. <laughs> oh, that's <laughs> Oh, ouch. That, that's oh. like if you could come up with the worst combination of 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 uh, an enjoyable place and uh, the opposite beverage you would want, that that dead on the the head. Well, it doesn't have to be a public jacuzzi. <laughs> <laughs> all right, no more news. That's it. We're done. <laughs> that's a, that's all the news. Okay, that's it. That's all the news. Jacuzzi um, meads next week. 
Yeah, you got to do a better job, Phil. <laughs> Even though you just took this on, uh, decided I'm going to be the the news guy last night. <laughs> um, it's all good. Brand new uh, segment here. We're going to do some Q&A. We put out to uh, you lovely listeners to send us some of your uh, questions for us. And we got some good ones. And we'll, we got a lot of them, actually. So if you don't hear yours... Don't fret. We might read it on a future episode. But in the meantime, if you do have a question that you would like us to potentially answer on a future episode, just go over to our website, unitedwedrink.com. Go to the contact page and uh, fill out the form there. And uh, we may read it on a future edition or send it to us on Twitter or Instagram or Facebook or wherever. Um, question number one, gentlemen, and we're going we're gonna to take this one in order of uh, Phil, me, and Joel answering. Uh, this is from our friend Bub Ohio Beer at Bub Ohio Beer on Twitter. And he asks, if you guys could be beers, what kind of beers would you be and why? Phil? Oh, such a good question. I personally would like to think I'm a barley wine, specifically Thomas Hardy. And why? Why Thomas Hardy? Phil, why? Uh, nobody drinks Thomas Hardy. Uh, all the kids don't even know who Thomas Hardy Ale is. Well, the Thomas Hardy Ale is big, complex, and is truly a gem to someone that is a beer-knowledgeable individual, just like myself. And on top of that, it ages damn well. And if you could see me right now, I'm moving my pecs. <laughs> I can't see you doing that. And it's probably good that I can't. Uh, I would be cask beer because all my jokes fall flat. <laughs> uh, <laughs> Including um, that one. Yes. But um, I, I would go with that mainly just because I feel like I, I like to be old fashioned, but also hip and with it. And cause cask is sort of coming back in a way. Um, I have, I have my one foot on each side of the line there. So, uh, that's why I would go with cask beer. Is cask really coming back? Cause I had a discussion this past week with, someone. I don't know if it's necessarily coming back, but, uh, it's, I, I think it's definitely risen in popularity. It's by no means like hard seltzer, uh, trending or anything, but I feel like up, up here, I see a lot more cask, uh, recently that's awesome joel and i would be a brown ale because they can be very filling and nurturing regardless of how many people don't care about them <laughs> and unfortunately that's a lot of people joel we had that conversation on friday <laughs> um next one we have here is from i'm going to Butcher this. Uh, at G De Des Rosaris ninety three. Sorry about that. Uh, what's one newish beer trend you'd like to see die, and one that you'd like to see thrive? Uh, we're gonna start with me, then we're gonna go Joel Phil. Um, I hate being negative on things like this, as much as that might surprise people. I don't want to be a negative person. I am a cynic, but I don't like it. But I'm being told I have to be negative here. So uh, the one thing that I'd like to see die is vanilla and IPAs. Uh, 
I don't get it. It seems so counteractive. Um, I guess you could kind of say the whole milkshake thing. I, I, I don't mind fruit in IPAs to a certain extent because it can work well with the hops. Just canceling out hops using vanilla just seems counterproductive of IPAs. Um, a trend that I'd love to see thrive is mixed fermentation beers. Um, it's a thing that I've gotten super into in the last year. Um, some awesome breweries doing great stuff in the, the Philly area with mixed firm. And I know that there are other breweries doing it, uh, like all sour stuff, saisons and things of the sorts. Um, they're such light, easy drinking beers that are full of flavor um, that I feel like I could drink at any season. They're perfect for right now in the summer, but I, I can see it being a great thing during the dead of winter too. So um, that's what I'd go with. Uh, Joel? Well, one beer trend I would like to see die is the prevalence and propagation of clickbait listicles. Um, they seem only to aim to get clicks and people arguing and getting more clicks. Do you want and, to make a top 10 list of the, of the, yes, I will. I will get right on that. <laughs> um, it's, oh God, I, you know, you see some of the more positive ones where it's like, here's, you know, some top 20 beers of some genre and it's always the same usual suspects, not to say that any of these breweries are bad or, or the beers are bad. But we're at over 7,500 breweries now, and I would really love to see someone really do their research and find those hidden gems out there. Um, I I follow so many breweries that I just I, – I, I don't hear them being talked about anywhere. Um, I've, I've visited breweries that I'd never heard of, never seen on social media. There's just so much out there, and I'd, I'd like to see some more you know light sh- shined on them. Uh, and, you know, I think people could do a little bit better research rather than just slap together a 10-page a slideshow of, uh, you know, stuff we all know about. And uh, one I would like to see thrive is um, probably just, just an emphasis on quality and talking about process. Um, if you look at... You know, some breweries, all they do is talk about, you know, what they're throwing in the beer and what's coming out this Saturday. And then you have other breweries like our friends at Copper Point and Boynton Beach who use a lot of their social media to post about their process and their ingredients and where they're sourcing their materials from and how they do certain things. Because I think education is really lacking as things grow. And I really like what they're doing. And I'd like to see other breweries do more of that. As opposed to just saying what hops are in a beer and not really giving any description as to what the flavor profile of a beer is. I know that's something you and I have talked about. Uh, yeah, and that was that was probably going to be the one trend I, you know, I would have liked to seen die, but I it's I get if, you know, it's not like even on my digital menu, like I can't I don't have the space to write what all these different hops in an IPA do for the beer. But we have bar staff. They've tasted it, they've smelled it, they can talk to you about it. We have people in between the menu and the guest to talk about the beer. But when you're just posting on so, you know social media and you have limitless, you know, you could do a thread, you could have a paragraph, you could have six paragraphs on Instagram, and you could actually tell people what these things are doing, but it seems like so many are just reliant on keywords and buzzwords and the fancy new hops and, 
just talking about how much is in it rather than what you're actually accomplishing and what to expect with this particular beer. Very nice. Uh, Phil. I'd, so actually this question and the next question give me a little bit of a hard time similar to you, Mike, where I don't like talking negatively about anything. So there's nothing specific right now that I would like to see die in the beer industry because I think everything sort of has its place and there's obviously it's fitting someone's need. Um, that said, I'd, I've never got into pastry sours and similar to your lactose and an IPA, um, the sweet um dessert esque sours I, throwing I, vanilla into a sour beer yeah it basically I, I love mixed fer- fermentation beers just like you I, actually all three of us have a really strong appreciation for them and when you look at the pastry sour and, and and maybe honestly it's just the fact that i haven't had one that i really like or i appreciate but that's um that's the one thing that i guess right now i don't really care for and as for a trend that I'd really like to see take off, and I've been carrying this flag for damn near six months at this point in time, and I don't know if it's maybe people don't want to listen to me or um, That's uh, it just why. more than likely I'm you know nobody cares. <laughs> um, I'd really like to see uh, zero zero beer or near zero beer uh, take off because there's definitely times I, I mean, hell, you mean tonight, NA beer NAs, yeah, okay. a flavorful NAs, like a quality NA pale ale or porter or brown ale that's brewed very well there. And there's it from what I'm seeing in that NA zero zero beer landscape or low ABV landscape, it's dominated by loggers for the most part and or lager esque beers and so to see some other breweries start sort of pushing the envelopes of zero zeros or low abv beers uh near near zero beers i would be very excited i i would love to talk about that more in the future because they're uh in particular i see athletic uh, brewing company who focus on NA beers doing IPAs and golden ales and all different types of things. I haven't tried them yet. I see them at the store by my house. I, I might now because of this go pick up some bottles of their stuff. But I think that's a topic for a future episode that I think we could get a little more into. I, I It's something over in Europe right now, they are very large. It, it's it's pretty popular. Um, and so when you start looking at American trends and really where we're going right now with this better for you category of craft um, and, and including the F&Bs, which are, you know, your waters, um, I, I see if, if craft really wants to get aggressive with where some of some of these drinking trends are growing right now. We have to start looking at calorie conscious, carb conscious, alcohol conscious uh, drinking. And it it's not a negative thing. It's not, it, there's, it, I could go out and I could want to drink one or two beers and not necessarily catch a buzz. I just want the flavor. Yeah. How about a keto friendly pastry stout? I We're not talking about <laughs> keto. <laughs> I'm, right. not, I'm not looking to stick in ketosis or anything of that nature. I just want, I don't necessarily want to get a DUI. All right. Moving on to the final question. Uh, we have here from uh, at Rex Saravissier. Again, apologies on pronunciation. Uh, we'll go Joel, Phil, Mike to end this off. 
Why do good things happen to bad breweries? Joel. I'm, pre- I'm pretty sure this one was sent to me directly, and I really like it, even though it comes across a little ambiguous and almost like he's sipping on a little haterade there. Um, but I do like the question, but I think you have to dissect a little bit. I mean, number one, when you're saying good things happen to bad breweries, what are those good things? Is it like insane success where there's lines out the door or is it, um, you know, just awards? Um, and then, you know, how do you define a bad brewery? Is it poor quality? Is it poor customer service? Are they, are they bad business people? So, um, you know, it, it, it's, it's definitely a loaded kind of blurry question, but, I think that there's just something for everyone out there, kind of like Phil was saying, and you may not always agree with it. Um, I mean, there are some breweries out there that I know, Mike, you know, you and I won't mention by name, but we've been sort of, you know, treated horribly or or they just acted like dicks to us at at certain festivals or whatever. And, you know, they're just printing cash. Um, I mean, I, I would guess... That my simplest answer to this is that God is dead and Christmas is a lie. <laughs> Jesus. Uh, Phil? <laughs> I, I was just going to say shit luck. Uh, to be honest with you, I don't... I, I I had the same questions as Joel, which was define bad. Uh, what What is a bad brewery? Because is it bad business model? Is it bad liquid um and, and and to be honest with you i think just like any other industry just like any any other company remove the beer aspect from it i think you have to get there has to be an ounce of luck behind your company actually getting success and yeah there's a ton of hard work that can go behind it and the three of us can talk about that from probably for more than an hour at, and we have personally but when you look at building a brand and uh, trying to do guerrilla marketing or even investing tons of money into radio or TV or billboards, there still has to be some luck that somebody's going to pay attention to it and going to react to it. So I, I guess shit luck. Uh, you pretty much uh, hit me, uh, hit the nail on the head on what I was going to say. I just have here, I wanted to keep it short and sweet, money and right place, right time. That's uh, that's luck. So yeah, Basically, same things yeah. that you said. Um, all right, that's it for our Q and A session here. Um, once again, if you have any questions that you would like us to address on the show, head on over to the contact page on our website, unitedwedrink.com, and send us it over. We'll hopefully read it on a future episode. Uh, now moving into our main story that we wanted to talk about, and this is one that. Uh, when we were coming up with our topics, um, I thought it sounded really cool. And you know what? I'm going to let you guys in on a little secret here is I wanted to mostly hear about your guys' feelings on this because you guys come from very different worlds than I do from a personal outside of work uh, world. Um, you guys are both married. You guys both have children and play in your lives where um, I am in a relationship. I'm engaged. There is no children in my life. So uh, I I think that this is going to be a point of learning for me. Also, I've never been a sales rep that had to go out and do a whole lot of 
uh, events like you, Phil. So I feel like you're going to have a, a lot of interesting input into this discussion. And uh, it's, it's more so going to be, I hope it's a learning thing for everyone uh, who's listening, who has never been in the industry or maybe people who are in the industry because I am and I feel like I'm going to be taking in a lot here. So um, I'd, I'd like to uh, lead in with Joel on things here. Um, Joel, how is the ability to juggle uh, work, uh, whether it be at the brewery, working events in the past. I know you don't do a whole lot now in the pub situation, but you've been uh, in a production brewery that does distribution and doing events off-site before and juggling that with your, your family life. Well, balance is definitely something that I've always struggled to achieve in anything. And First, let me say that, you know, Mike, just because you don't have kids or, you know, there's this giant family or whatever, don't minimize, you know, your own need for balance, you know, just because oh, yeah. you, you I, might I have a few less obligations um, because, you know, it, it goes towards your health. It goes towards your mindset. It goes towards your, your overall feelings of well-being. And I think it's very tricky in doing something that you love to sort of... <sighs> How do I how do I say this? It's it's tricky to love what you do and not take it home with you. Um, and I I swear like I feel so stupid for yeah I'm I'm realizing so many new things all the time at this age and I can't believe I just now realized that I probably could have handled all those jobs I hated in corporate America so much better if I just didn't take it you know, home with you. Yeah, um, and and if I had realized at the time that it, I would be doing something I love later on, I, I probably would have approached them a little bit better. But I just hated being there, hated the people, and it was very miserable. But if I had truly realized how much it didn't matter, I think I would have done a lot better. And, and who knows, maybe even stayed with it. But you know, as far as work life balance in the brewing industry, it's very tricky because you love what you do. It's hard not to take it home with you, especially when you're in a head brewer uh, situation or, um, you know, like I was a brew house manager at one point and, and head brewer at another place and managing other people. And it can just be so tough sometimes. And you can also overconsume, which, you know, I know is, is something yeah. we'll touch on lots of times. It, it's very hard to maintain balance in your head you know, physical health and mental health when you're allowed to have free beer, free food trucks or free food in the brew pub, whatever it is. Um, it's, it, it's just really tough, you know, so you, you really, you live at work when you're there, at least, at least I do. And you know, there was, there was a point uh, in my last job where I fell way out of balance because I had never had a job I loved before. And I wanted to be there all the time, not only because I loved it, but because I cared about the place. I cared about the beer. I wanted to make it the best we could. And it just felt like I needed to be there more than I needed to be at home, which I know sounds strange, but, um, you know, the, the yeast, they don't give a shit about your birthday, your holiday, your, your, your parents, uh, whatever. I mean, I, I've always tried to put the beer before myself and unfortunately that can have its drawbacks. Um, 
and and it was especially tough in the beginning for me because you know the beer industry is notorious for not paying all that great and when you start at the bottom uh, it can be a real hit to your finances and that's a struggle especially when you already have a family it's one you know it's already tough when you're single so you know, when, when you have people that depend on you, that's that's a huge risk. And I took a huge risk getting into this industry. Fortunately and, for me, I, I feel like it paid off. Go ahead, Mike. And, and I feel like when you are uh, not being paid as much as you probably are used to, those free beers and free meals seem even more enticing then because it's like, shit, then like I don't have to go out and pay for these things. And it, it, it can keep you there longer, whether that be with family, friends, or just by yourself to be able to stretch your dollar out uh, a bit more. Absolutely. And I was also approaching it from the perspective of like, you know, if I was getting any flack for not being home as much as I should or coming home late, whatever it was, I I was sort of selfish in the sense like, oh, well, you just don't get it. I have a job that I love now and, and you don't understand that. You can't deal with that. You know, it was a very selfish perspective for me to have. And it, it, it really took a lot of, you know, introspection and, and even almost losing my marriage. I mean, I came home one night and um, I was I, I was taking the train at the time, so I wasn't driving. But um, I had a few too many shift beers, probably too much greasy food truck food, and just came home and crashed. And my wife was really upset because it wasn't the first time. And she was getting ready to leave me because she said when I was home, I wasn't home. You know, I was either. God, that's the worst. Yeah. 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 Um, And that was a real wake up call for me. And and it was also a lot of turmoil at work. I mean, you know, there were certain people that weren't really pulling their weight that I had to pick up some slack for. And, you know, my first time being a manager, I didn't really know how to manage that all that well. And there was only so much authority I had to, you know, make people do what they needed to do. So feel you there. <clears throat> yeah. And um, finally, one day I had to sit down with my boss and go, look, you know, my wife almost left me last night. And, you know, I get that that's on me and I have to manage my time the way I need to. But I need everyone else to step up, too, because I can't keep, you know, cleaning up after everyone or staying an extra hour because, the hourly guys are maxed out on hours and, you know, I have to clean up after them and put this away and put that away, whatever it is. Uh, just so many different crazy situations that we really had to start tightening up. And, uh, you know, I, I fell way out of balance and, and really needed to get it back together quickly. Well, Joel, I think you nailed it on the head where this topic of work-life balance really translates not only in the beer industry, but I mean, you could be working at Petco and yeah. love your job and never want to go home. And and so I think it, even if you're not in the industry and you're just a, a beer fan and you're listening in on the pod for the second time or maybe the, even the first time and you're like, work-life balance, why? And Joel, you nailed it when you said we're finally in an industry that we truly enjoy. And I can't tell you how happy I was when I left my corporate job to go make significantly less money, but I got to be the representative for a brewery that I loved and I was insanely passionate about to the extent where I had a tattoo on my body of that brewery. And I got to run in and out of accounts 
And I didn't want to stop working. But I also realized at the same time that I had some other problems that I was dealing with. And so there was a, a lack of maturity that was there that I think we, as all three of us have grown. And, and honestly, when you look at a lot of our friends that came up with us in this industry around the same time, I think we've all seen that same maturing process some faster than others um and and it was something for me where i was happy to stay out till two o'clock in the morning and hang out at a bar in you know two cities north of where i lived because i didn't want to be home because i was starting to realize that i was unhappy being home and so it was i didn't like my job previously and i didn't really like being at home. So I was just miserable. And so I found this sliver of happiness that was the craft beer industry. And I'd embraced it almost too much. And, um, and, and you know, we, you talked about how your wife almost left you and I ended up losing a marriage from it. And, and even the relationship that I'm in now, and I love my wife wholeheartedly, but we had to sit down early on and have a discussion about overindulgence and the craft beer industry. And I tried to, at that point in time, I was sort of a jack of all trades where I was. And I, I had to be out super late at night. And so we had this discussion of, you know, listen, there is a line. And when you do get to that line, you do have to Uber or Lyft or take a taxi take the train, be safe, like be smart because it's not at this point in time, it's not just your life. It's the life of the people around you. It's your kids, it's your wife, it's your parents. It's, and all of that stuff. I, I, I think as a kid, you always feel, um, invincible and, and, and by no means do I think a 24 year old is a kid, but I think it's a different level of, uh, maturity when you start thinking, oh, I can, you know, I can go to a bar till 2 a.m. and I can drive home safe. I'm good. And I made some really stupid mistakes, um, both with my mouth and with my actions uh, back then. And and I, I think learning from that is uh, is a lot. Uh, it, it is a lot to do with where I am now, where we are all individually. Um, and, and it's it's hard. And, and, and when you dig down into it, honestly, it's not just your family, it's your friends. And and Joel, you and I were talking about this on Friday, where it seems like the further all of us have gone in our career, the less we actually get to see each other, talk to each other, because we're all going in different areas. You know, I'm, I'm literally stuck behind a computer or managing a team or coaching over, you know, on the, in another state. Um, You're working out of your brew pub, Mike, you're up in Pennsylvania at this point in time. So, as we all grow, it's not just our family that we have to balance, but it's also our friends. Oh yeah. Um, and I, I want to piggyback off of something that Joel said that, uh, I, I didn't really realize about myself until he said it. And I'm like, wow, yeah, I kind of did that too, is the kind of hanging around after work, uh, not just because it's some, it's, you can stretch your dollar a little further, but also, the pride in the product that you're making and uh, talking to customers and the customers enjoying talking to you. Uh, you. You build up a rapport with them, with a lot of the regulars, and they want to hear your opinion on uh, on a beer or, or talk to you about what goes into making a beer, what's coming up next. And 
you end up having like that shift beer uh that you're like all right i i'm i gotta have just gonna have one and then i'm out of here and then you end up having two or three because you're talking to someone at the bar uh, or a bunch of people and you're trying to get out of there uh, but at the same time you're really enjoying that conversation that you're having and it's like shit but i gotta get home i gotta get or I got to go home and get change and then go meet uh, friends, family, uh, significant others out somewhere um, and do that. And it th- that's where I've always uh, run into those things. And I've, I've tried to get better with them myself uh, to where luckily now uh, with the work that I'm doing in the brewery, uh, I, I go in early enough and I'm out early enough before our tap room even opens to where I'm not hanging around. I'm not having a shift beer uh, most days. I am going home and uh, spending, uh, even though it's a little early, my, my fiance is still working. I can get some stuff done. And then once she's done with work, we can have dinner together. We can spend the evening together. And I don't have to risk... Ha- losing time with her i used to work weekends uh through a period of time to where i was bartending on a on a saturday and i was working in a kitchen on sunday and those were her only two days off and uh, like trying to find a great like i get to have dinner with her on on saturday Ooh, like it's not a whole lot that i can do because then i had to be up at six thirty in the morning to go cook uh, at my my other job that I was having at that time, and then I would be there until three thirty, four o'clock in the afternoon, and then every Sunday I go and have dinner with my my folks. So it's like, are, are you going to come with me today? Oh, you're not. Oh, there's more time that I'm I'm losing out on on hanging out with my my fiance, and uh, that took a toll for a while. And moving up here and and working pretty much Monday through Friday, even though I'm working on a bar shift on Friday, a uh, big deal. You lose out on a Friday night, but we have all day Saturday, all day Sundays to get to spend time with one another is important. And it makes me weary about like picking up stuff. Like I could maybe pick up a bar shift here and there. If a person's looking for coverage on Saturday, Sunday, pick and make a few extra bucks. But it's like, uh, or I could spend that time with, with someone important to me and, 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 and she can spend that time with me that she really enjoys having. Um, so yeah, you, you have to juggle that. And I, 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 I guess I was, I, I'm grateful that I picked that up on it at certain points in my life better than I have. I mean, when I first got into this, it was like, holy shit, I get to have beers after work uh, that are cheap or free and I get to get free food from a food truck. And that really makes up for not making a whole lot of money and spending a lot of time there and or going out and doing events that I could use a company credit card on on uh, buying a meal and buying a, a couple beers. And uh, that's time that is not spent with with uh, the people who mean the most to me. But uh, I, I it, it's. um. It's eye-opening to, and a lot of this stuff that I, I've heard from you guys in the past, um, some of it's a little more eye-opening now because it just, I, I guess it never really hit me on how much it did uh, impact your lives or just how uh, um, 
grave it might have been at certain points. So um, I, I feel like I've learned a lot from listening to you guys talk about these things. Yeah, but you bring up a really good topic, which is no other industry. And it, it didn't, I mean, my previous relationship was a bartender um, or a, a mixologist. And, and that I thought going into that relationship, our schedules would sync more so than anything else. And, and, and Mike, you brought up a great topic. There is not another industry. I I don't even think, even if you were with somebody on a dating level inside this industry that would run the same schedule as you, because our schedules are so wacky because literally you're in at six o'clock, you might be out by three, but you got to be in an event at seven and you're, it's a constant, what I love about it is there's no normal. It's it, you're consistently changing and moving yeah. and progressing, and it keeps you on your toes. It keeps you. I'd, I'd like to think out of trouble, um, and and that that is a perk of this industry. But I guess and and we all talked about our breaking points in the past. But I, I guess Joel, like, what have you learned to make yourself better than what you were in the past? Well, you know, that rude awakening I got with the threat of, you know, possibly breaking up my family really shook me up because I am a child of divorce and that has defined so much of my life and I knew I never wanted to do that to my kids. So I knew I had to do everything to, um, you know, not repeat that. And um, one thing I wanted to say is that it's never... It's never a done deal. It's never like you figured out balance and that's it. You know, time flies when you're having fun. You're fortunate you're fortunate enough to work in an industry where, you know, I'm sure a lot of people are friends. I mean, hell, your your competition are your friends. So when you go to these festivals, when you go to these events, I mean you're hanging out with people you love. If I had to go to some work conference or some any other thing outside of this industry, I'd want to blow my brains out. Time would go so slow and I couldn't wait to get the hell out of there. I mean So if, true. If if I if work ended, you know, if work was like nine to five, I'd be packing up my shit at four fifty five, like I'm out the door immediately. And it's a constant it's a constant, you know, uh sort of struggle to to, ma- to maintain that balance. You've got to be mindful of it of it at all at all times. And you know, j- just to tell a real quick story, th- there was one other time where I was absolutely dead set on getting to my son's soccer game one night. You know, I, I was this was after the whole story that I mentioned before, and I, it was like a triple or quadruple brew day. It was something crazy, and I came in just guns blazing, utilized every second of my time that day to be efficient and get everything done. I was scratching shit off the to-do list like you wouldn't believe, and then something went wrong at, you know, toward the end of the day, and there was just this moment where I knew I wasn't getting out of there on time, and I had to go in the office and call my wife and break the news like I'm not coming and I lost it absolutely lost it just broke down crying and she knew I was making the effort so she wasn't as upset as you know in previous times you know she knew that that I was making the effort and it just didn't work out and that's the thing like you can you can be doing everything you can to maintain the balance and sometimes you know things just don't go your way that's that's just a part of life but um you know things that I try to do now are definitely be a little bit more organized. Um, my production schedule isn't as hectic in a brew pub, but I still try to write down everything I'm going to do at least the next day. 
and you know I have a planner I have a, a calendar um, and if I get you know a little I try not to put anything off if I can, whether it's an email, whether it's whatever it is, I try to just bang these things out and get them done so that they don't catch up with me in my free time. Um, definitely ask for help. If you have people that can help you, utilize them. Um, because if you have a good team, they're all going to want to be in on, on you know the mission with you. They're going to want to help you mm-hmm. get things done and put out That's the best beer possible. <clears throat> and... Um, so if you need help, ask for it and take some time for yourself. If you have to step outside for five minutes and get some sun and some fresh air, if you need to, you know, just go drink some water, take a breath, whatever you got to do to take care of yourself and, and not, you know, let things pile up on you. Cause that's when, you know, you'll definitely fall out of balance and then you're just going to be looking at this giant to-do list and have no idea how to tackle it. So you know, my, my main advice would just be to try to stay organized, plan out your days, write down things, you know, before you have to do them and just check them off one by one, get them done. Um, Phil, do you have any advice to, to people who are maybe new in this industry or even vets who uh, maybe struggle with the, the work life balance, uh, that you think could be beneficial? Yeah, my grandmother, uh, rest her soul, um, once told me, uh, nothing good happens after midnight, and it is so true. Um, she was outside- a Gremlins fan, huh? <laughs> yeah, basically. <laughs> um, so, uh, honestly, planning is essential. Joel, you talked about that. I, I challenge not only myself, but my team, because I'm, I'm, paying attention to 11 other people and trying to make sure that stuff like work-life balance is real. Um, 30, 60, 90, 120 day calendars really start planning out where you're going. And honestly, in any industry, this is what you should be doing. You need to be looking four months out, five months out. Um, outside of that, I try and double dip as much as I possibly can. So if I'm traveling to an area that maybe I haven't seen a friend in quite some time, or I have family members in the area. Um, I, I, luckily I can line up, Hey, I got an event in Alabama. I haven't seen you guys in a while. Why don't you come out, you know, catch up with your family members while you're out in an event. And, you know, it, it not only I, what I've learned is that it's more exciting to see people, but you also, you get a really nice attendance and people get excited when you're introducing them to family members that live in the area or friends that you went to college with or that you've known since high school. Um, Things of that nature are really fun. And then honestly, uh, if everything else fails, just become friends with people in the industry. Um, And even then, you might not see everyone as much as you would like to, but um, it's honestly planning has been my number one thing i i share a calendar with dina and everything is on there so i know her work schedule she knows my work schedule we have all of our um weekend events and uh childhood uh things that we're doing with our kid um all lined up so that we can pay attention to it and I, I try not to double book myself as much as possible so that I'm there for the important things in life because at the end of the day, as much as we all love this industry and I I can never envision myself in any other industry 
it it we still have to realize that this is a job and and mm-hmm. you know being with our family and our friends is very important what about you uh, mike uh communication first and foremost communication with your with your coworkers with your family um i mean when when i realized that this uh the last situation that i was in with working on weekends was becoming an issue it was because my fiance communicated that issue to me so um then we talked about it and tried to figure out ways to make make that work a little easier for us and on times when i am running late at work i i've i'm i'm there a little bit longer than i might uh, normally be uh, shooting a, a simple text to let let them know that uh, I'm running late, I think is really helpful and really beneficial um, just to let them know that you, you haven't forgot about them. And, and that's also an important thing. Don't forget about them. Um, Absolutely. And and so that you can uh, communicate with them. But I I think ultimately communication, I think that that's the biggest thing. Um, Anything else that either one of you guys want to uh, touch on, on this topic? Uh, be honest. I th- I think that's one thing that we didn't even talk about, but maybe it, it it influenced our breaking points. If you're not able to have an open and honest conversation about where you're going and what you're doing, particularly because of the industry that we're in, where we are surrounded by alcohol, you are going to a bar. Um, I, Mike, it goes back to communication. It goes back to planning. Um, just have that open and honest conversation. Hey, I'm going to a bar after work. Um, there's no reason to hide anything. And it, it's going to make your life, I've learned it's going to make your life significantly easier when you are open and honest with someone. Hey, I'm getting back to the hotel right now. Uh, going to knock out some work. And, I, you know, do you want to Skype? Do you, and thank God for Skype and FaceTime and, all of these other apps for anyone that's in the industry that travels all the time or even that works long hours, we are so lucky to have tools like this where we can see each other and we can communicate. If it wasn't for that, it would make traveling so much harder. Um, My kid doesn't like to have a normal phone call. He just wants to look at your face and talk to you and make fun of being able to see up your nose and what boogers you have and (laughs) nose hairs and stuff and to touch on what phil was saying also consider the perspective of your significant other your roommate your family whoever it is yeah they don't Mm -hmm. understand that you spending all night in a bar is actually work whether you're selling whether you're doing some tap takeover they just think you're out partying you know the the perception is is much different and as as much as you try to convey like you know, hey, yeah, we're out drinking and, and this and that. And, and yeah, it's fun. But I mean, it is also part of a work event. And that's just the nature of the business. So, um, though there is sometimes <clears throat> partying, <laughs> especially at CBC. Oh, well, yeah. well, one of my favorite comments was, did you have fun? Well, I mean, yeah, it was oh, sort of God. work. And oh. then it went to, well, you were wearing a gold grill and a monk's outfit. How could you not have had fun? <laughs> <laughs> All right, you're right. <laughs> All I w- right. I would come oh, home from trips. Sorry, real quick. I would come home from trips absolutely hungover and miserable and tired, and she would think that I wasn't happy to see her. 
And it's like, no, 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 you don't understand. I've been drinking all week. I'm jet lagged. I just came from Oregon or wherever it is. I just flew in from the opposite corner of the country, and I have nothing but like citra in my bloodstream. So, you know, it's you really got to just stay on top of yourself and and find that balance. Moral of the story: Don't mainline citra. Uh, all right, it is time for last calls. This is the part of the show where we give each other a little bit of time to talk about something, whether it be beer-related, not beer-related, and kind of be unopposed, uh, no banter between one another. You just have uninterrupted time to speak on what it is that you'd like to. Um, I'm going to go with the order of Joel, me, and Phil. So, Joel, how about you go ahead with your last call? All right. Well, this, um, I was, I really had been planning probably since the last episode to talk about sort of to stay on that balance note and, and, you know, cut back on social media a little bit. It's getting super toxic out there. Um, This is going to be super hypocritical of me because I've spent the last 48 hours uh, telling several elected representatives to go fuck themselves on, you know, Twitter um, with, you know, their thoughts and prayers and all the other stuff. But, um, it's so I know I'm not part of the solution. I'm, I'm just as much of a problem as anyone else when it comes to the toxicity of social media. But we've really got to start unplugging a bit, guys. Taking some time off the phones, taking some times off the social networks. It's just out of control. I mean, I started note. I've I've tried. I've been trying to declutter in life recently. Whether it's you know shit in my house, just followers, people I'm following, all this extra clutter, digital or real. And I've unfollowed probably like six or 700 people on Instagram in the past couple of weeks alone, not because they're bad people or I don't like them or anything. It's just that it's too much. Um, you know, there's no reason for me to follow some liquor store in California or some fried chicken place in Tennessee that I may travel to. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> um, there, there's just too much, and and I think we're overdoing it in a lot of these these apps and 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 following too many people involved in too many conversations, and I find myself more than not lately not replying to certain people just because I don't even want the notifications. I'm tired of my phone dinging all the time. Um, I I got rid of Facebook, and it's nearly impossible for me to not constantly trash Facebook because my cousin works for Facebook and he's probably one of my, you know, favorite relatives of all time. Um, but I just, it's horrible and it's so toxic and I'm tired of the arguments and the, the, uh, it's just, it's too much. And, you know, I, I just feel like we got to put the phones down and get back to real life, get out in nature, take a fucking walk, get some sunshine, get some air. Um, yeah, so uh, if you're listening to this podcast, shut it up. No. <laughs> <laughs> Please don't do that. Don't yeah. do that. Please, wait, wait no. Till the, wait, wait till the end and then go get some sun. Very well said. Um, I, I wanted to, to bring talk a little bit about the thing that I feel like we always talk about around this time of the year. Pumpkin. Pumpkin beers. It's August. This is when we start seeing... 
pumpkin beer start creeping out into the market. And then the pumpkin spice latte, the PSL, takes over the world. And every year we talk about too soon, too soon, too soon. And you know what? It for the for the most part, I don't care anymore at this point. It's be I just still don't agree with it, but you know, it's become such a staple of how our industry is going anymore that uh, I just kind of let it be. But one thing I wanted to bring to light is back in 2016, the founder of Shipyard Brewing uh, made an announcement that Shipyard was going to combat seasonal creep with the release of their pumpkin head pumpkin beer. Uh, he is quoted as saying enough is enough over the past few years, craft brewers shipyard included have steadily pushed up the release dates of seasonal beers to the point that these beers are now out of season. Our hope is that we take the steps to stop our out of season beers. Other brewers will follow and we can all return to some sanity with our annual releases. And that was awesome. So they decided to push the release of Pumpkinhead to September. Uh, and I, I think that a lot of people applauded them at that time for doing as such. While they aren't maybe one of the most egregious uh, breweries out there with this seasonal creep, they certainly were one that was always pointed out when it came to pumpkin beers. Fast forward to 2018, Shipyard ran an ad campaign on August 13th, saying, some say it's too soon, we disagree. So already backpedaling two years after making this announcement uh, on releasing their pumpkin beer, in 2019, this year, Total Wine has displays of pumpkin head late July, despite that Shipyard's website still lists Pumpkinhead as being available starting in September. They posted on August 1st that it's almost harvest time. Almost? All right. Honestly, I don't care if breweries want to bring out their pumpkin beers earlier and earlier. That's their prerogative. It's not my business. But if you're going to go out there and try to combat seasonal creep and within two years backpedal on that and become complete liars to that situation, that disingenuine attitude I have an issue with. And I just feel that there's this backhandedness to shaming other brewers for something that you were definitely a part of the problem on and then coming right back into that problem. I mean, Sam Adams, for one, I got to point out last year, I didn't buy their summer variety pack this year, but their summer variety pack last year had a best buy date of in August, August. That's still in the summer. So seasonal creep is, is happening. Sure. We've kind of become numb to the idea, but if you're going to say that it's bad, stick with that. Don't go falling back on your laurels. Well, I'm going to talk about streaming services now. Um, <laughs> so, Nothing uh, sous vide this week? <laughs> no, I, I actually, I think I figured it out finally. Um, so, And it wasn't after our last recording. Last night, it was amazing. Um, 
Anyways, streaming services. This past week, a lot of people got super excited. Not only was United We Drink released on Spotify, Apple Podcasts, all of the other streaming services that are out there. And my mom sent me a message that clearly stated, I'm so proud of you. You've made it. You're on Spotify. I still don't <laughs> get it. Um, anyway, as the intro basically says, obviously Spotify will allow a bunch of amateurs on there. Um, but Tool finally released their entire uh, set of music on Spotify and streaming services after numbers of years without putting anything or publishing anything out there. Um, obviously, it's a play for their new album, but I can say personally, I was trying to think of something that I couldn't let go of from this of this last podcast, and literally every day I have had Tool on repeat. Um, it has brought back so many positive memories uh, from high school, college, all the way through. Um, I'm truly looking forward to the new album, uh, and I always thought that it was unusual that Maynard had all of his side projects already published on streaming services for the most part, and Tool was the one that wasn't on there, so I'm thoroughly happy, and I hope if you've never heard of Tool before, please go to Spotify and listen to them, or whatever streaming services you have, um, they are amazing, simply amazing. And then subscribe and follow to United We Drink. Sooner or later, I'll get Phil just doing all of the the PR at the end of uh, the episodes. Uh, but I definitely agree with you. I'm so happy that that's fi- that they're finally on that. It was crazy how many people actually commented on it. I, and Instagram was all tool. Oh my god, tools on Spotify. If you haven't heard. I got an email. Yeah. Um, so before we wrap things up here, I, I'd like to give each one of you guys a little uh, little time to what I'm going to call tip your bartender to uh, plug anything, whether it be your social media, work-related things, whatever. Um, Phil, anything you want to plug? You can follow me at LinkedIn, Phil Palmasano. Outside of that, you probably don't want to follow me on Instagram or anything else. Uh, I don't have Facebook. Um, yeah. Joel? I'm on Twitter and Instagram as Florida, D-U-H, Brewer. Uh, I will be in Southern Pines, North Carolina for the next five days. Hopefully I'll find some cool beer out there and, uh, have some cool shit to show you guys and, uh, catch you on the flip side. Uh, you can follow me on Twitter and Instagram at Mike Loves Beer. Um, and as for the, the podcast... You can follow us on Twitter and Instagram at United We Drink. Oh, uh, United We Drink Pod on Instagram because someone squatted on United We Drink. Uh, you can like us on Facebook, facebook.com slash United We Drink. And uh, as mentioned at the top of the podcast, we are now available on all of the major streaming services for podcasts, Apple Podcasts, Stitcher Radio, Spotify, Google Podcasts, TuneIn, Radio Public, any of those spots. If you listen to your podcast somewhere, more than likely we're available there. Uh, Now, if not, let us know and I'll try my best to get us over on whatever service that is. Um, if you are listening to us on Apple podcasts, please go and rate the show. 
uh, five stars would be awesome. But if you're uh, being honest and you want to give us something else, then so be it. If you can also review the show, it only takes a couple minutes or less than a minute. A simple one review or one sentence review can really help us in getting up in the uh, algorithm of uh, things now. And especially now that they've redone their categories, it can be really beneficial as well with the, the reformatting of that. Um, other than that, I think for Joel and Phil, I thank you guys all for listening once again. We'll be back here in two weeks with another new episode. In the meantime, you guys say it. Cheers. Cheers.